0: Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico, your host. And guys, I bombed. I bombed so, 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 so bad. I bombed so bad. And you're thinking, how is that possible to bomb so bad in the times of COVID when you can't do open mics. And it's hard to perform. And I'll tell you how. But just know. Oh, I bombed and it felt so uncomfortable. It just felt so, so bad. I woke up thinking about it. I bombed last night and I woke up thinking about it. And I stayed up late thinking about it. I don't understand people who, well, maybe it's good I don't understand it, but I, I suppose there's people that don't feel the shame of bombing. And I I don't think that's the majority. And I also don't think those are the people that actually succeed in, in public speaking or stand up. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I feel like actually that shame, I'm trying to like redirect the shame that I felt last night from, from bombing in a positive way, somehow in a good way to get better at the craft of speaking or, or delivering jokes and, and just, yeah, understanding how to talk to a group, how to commit. Now, let me tell you, let me get into it. So I get a phone call yesterday from a friend. And he says, hey, I recommended you to someone. You're doing, you're doing well on TikTok. And this guy just sold his, his tech company. And now he's working for a company building, monetizing social media platforms. And he wants to talk to you. And I connected with this guy. And he invites me to this social media app called Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I understand if you don't, I learned about this yesterday. I learned about it and misused it in a devastating fashion yesterday. And he it's an invite-only social media app that started in L.A. And it's, it's you know, it's bougie. It's truly bougie. Just to give you an example of how bougie it was, I explored the app for about an hour or two hours yesterday after having been invited, starting up a profile. And I landed in a chat room of 100 people, two of which were Macklemore, 21 Savage, and uh, who was it? It wasn't Petey Pablo. And it wasn't David Guetta. I'll think about it. It's from a guy from Dipset. So this this app has has become really popular in the hip hop community apparently, but there is people are stacked on this fucking website or this app. Cuz I'm exploring the chat, the chat room. You can click on people and and the bios you're allowed to write however long of a bio as you want. And I'm looking at people's credentials. They link it to their Instagram account. And like Emmy Award winners. And I don't know if these people are lying, fronting, or what. But I I checked a few of their Instagrams out. And it was backed by the followers or the blue check or whatever. So this social media platform is somehow stacked. And I was intimidated. Straight up, I'm like, where am I? So, so what this app is is, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not promoting it, but I do need to share how bad I bombed, and I hope I'm not building it up too high to let you down. It was a, it was a moderate to severe bomb, as much as you can do through an app. So temper yourselves. I, this app is you. You create a profile, of course, and you pick out some topics of interest. You can pick as many as you want. And on your feed is chat rooms, verbal chat rooms, audio chat rooms that you can enter. And they'll have a topic at the top. And when you enter these chat rooms, there's moderators. There can be 10 moderators, 20 moderators, and then there's speakers then there's an audience and that's it you can in some chat rooms you can raise your hand and a moderator can turn you into a speaker and put you on the stage quote-unquote stage so you can participate in these chat rooms some of them you can't so like the one that had uh the hip-hop people in it legends Type, not legends, just successful hip-hop artists in it that you didn't have the option to raise your hand and participate in that group. And and the topic was, is Eminem and, and Snoop Dogg's beef good for culture or something? <laughs> so I, I tuned into that one for a little bit. But I ended up finding one that I could participate in, and it was called Uncomfortable Truths. And it was led by this comedian who had oh, fuck. she'd written tv shows she's like comedy store la comedian and uh her friend and you could raise your hand in this group be pulled up to the stage and then she went through the people one by one first come first serve like in a linear fashion and people shared uncomfortable truths. Now, there's like no cap on people's talking. So you really get every and anything. Which you think would make it conducive for trying out some some material. I want to make an excuse. It was like one in the morning. And I... Uh, whatever so I I get the courage to raise my hand and participate mind you I'm a little nervous like I haven't been nervous I've been speaking a lot lately I've been finding my voice and cultivating it but something about speaking to strangers and there was hundreds of people in this chat room most of them were audience and then there was like 50 people on stage or in queue to share their uncomfortable truth and and the format was like The comedian would introduce each person, hey, what's your uncomfortable truth? The person would say it and then it was like kind of an interactive. All the people that were pulled on stage that had the ability to speak could like chime in if they want and there was like these one-liners and I thought it was supposed to be funny but I didn't read the room because it shifted. See, what happened was was I got pulled I got the courage to get pull on stage I thought of my uncomfortable truth I thought I thought of a few and as I got pulled on stage guess what I could no longer listen to the people that were talking all I can do was think about what I was going to say next Ugh. so I'm plotting and scheming and impatiently waiting for my turn instead of part- you know Listening, reading the room. And in my plotting and scheming, I committed to a bit that I wrote on the spot and all the signs as it approached my turn, three people away, four people so mind you, six people let's say in front of me, one of the one of the women said My uncomfortable truth is I haven't had sex since twenty sixteen. And and then, like, the, the, the ensuing conversation was, well, do you have a vibrator? And she's like, yeah, I have a, a womanizer, 5000. It stimulates your clit or something and is a, is a wand. Now, while she was saying this, now, while I'm in the chat, I'm using a new massager that was gifted to me for Christmas. So I start crafting a bit. Now, she's six people in front of me, so I'm like, okay, that's long enough for people to forget about the womanizer, which got, a, which got some laughs and, and whatever, and I'll do a callback of the womanizer. So when my turn comes, I'll turn the vibration back on, and I'll play that into the microphone, and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I just had to turn my womanizer off. And then I'd go into the, and then I'd go into my uncomfortable, one of the uncomfortable truths that I had prepared. So I started off, I tried to start it off with a little zinger. Now the problem was, is three people before me, the comedy element of the shares have had started to take a nosedive. People started to share. Man, I just broke up with someone, and I I called them today, and then like everyone started chiming in, hey, bro, like giving it their advice and stuff. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting waiting, practicing my little routine in my head for this group of actors, actresses, Emmy Award winning f- fucking producers, and musicians and people Hollywood people it was like Hollywood in New York and everyone just felt so cool it literally felt like I I hadn't been this nervous to public speak it felt like a high school like an old high school emotion the nervousness like I've been public speaking more like i I've been sitting in ceremonies and there'll be 30 people and I'll be praying to them. That's vulnerable. I'll be sharing myself vulner- vulnerably, not comedy, not trying out skits on people and bits speaking from the heart and being honest and vulnerable. And I, and I think that's what I got to stick to as much as possible. I might get back up on the comedy train, but I might. Okay, so two or three people in front of me, they started sharing the vulnerable stuff. The person right before me is like, I know I'm in the wrong, but I slept with my best friend's mom. And then I told him about it and now he won't talk to me. Uncomfortable truths it kind of felt like he was humble bragging the whole time he's like yeah she's so fine and she was hitting on me and and people were buying into it people loved it people were like oh send us pictures and and what they're like "Yeah, send us a picture to the group and they were asking all the questions and like and and participating and to me, it felt like my like, spidey sense was going off that this dude was just lying, making up a story, which is fine, which is fine. He's trying out his bits too. I think I was mad because he was so cool, even though it seemed ingenu- disingenuous. And I bombed shortly after. So I had a sour taste in my mouth. So this is what happened he finishes people are wilding out people like we can't wait for the picture that you're going to send us of this of this mom of your best friend that you slept with and now you're asking for his friendship back dude how about no no oh and then he went he's like yeah and i told him and then we ended up getting a fist fight and then i just like beat his ass too I'm like, so you're telling this group of strangers that you slept with your best friend's mom and then beat his ass because you felt like you needed to tell him something's not adding up. And all you have is a profile picture to look at and babyface McGee. I don't know. Babyface McGee. You can hear the spite in my voice. I'm still feeling this. (laughs) So he goes, the room starts quieting down, and they're like, Nico, here we go. I'm like, time to shine. I turn on, oh, and I also planned another bit. It was back-to-back bits. (laughs) And time to shine. I turn on the vibrator, the massage vibrator, and then I unmute my microphone. And then I hit it twice because it goes to different speeds. And then I hold it and I turn it off like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. My womanizer was going out of control. People are like, what? Dude, is this a troll? And No, no laughs, anger right away. And then I committed to my second part of the bit, which I didn't tell you about yet. I had a retainer in. Yesterday I got a retainer. I'm straightening my teeth. I'm straightening my teeth and I got a retainer. And I was going to take it out on air as part of my bit a follow-up to the vibrator joke, delaying my golden nugget of my uncomfortable truth, building tension in the room in the virtual room. The problem with building tension in the virtual room was no one was willing to put up with it. So I do the vibrator sk- and, What, what is this guy doing? You have a, a vibrator on? What are you doing? And then I said, well, porn is anything if you're masturbating to it, which is a decent joke. It's an uncomfortable truth in and it of itself. is anything you're masturbating to this flopped people started saying i now i listen to about 30 people say their uncomfortable truths people are saying get this guy out of here boo boo be gone people are literally casting me out and i say wait I got to take my, let me take my retainer out first. And I take it out and I go, and then they're like, that's it, man. You got to go. And I, and I say, no, no, I'm sorry. And then I have to backpedal. I've already bombed so deep and instead of going through because they were about to boot me out, I needed to, I needed some sort of redemption. Meanwhile, my stomach is in my throat, even though I'm in my room, completely safe. I'm completely exposed. I'm bombing. So it's vibrator joke, bomb. Anything that you masturbate to is porn. Am I right? Am I right? Bomb number two. Wait, let me take my retainer out. Someone said, so you have a motorized toothbrush and a retainer in? And I say, guys, guys. Wait, I'm a first-time caller. This is my first day on the app. Please forgive me. I know not what I do. I'm just trying to feel this out. Don't boot me. So they didn't. They didn't boot me. And then I snuck in. I said, I feel like I accomplished the goal of uncomfortable. And there was some truth in there. But it was disingenuous. It was a bit. I didn't need to turn the vibrator on. It wasn't accidental. I could have taken my retainer out beforehand. But porn is anything you're masturbating to. Which is a decent joke. Look, on stage, I feel like this is a decent joke. With a little bit of body presence, awareness, my timing was off. Someone yelled in the middle of my my punchlines at the vibrator. Someone was so uncomfortable they booed during my punchlines. My timing was completely off, crumpled. And then I'm like, okay, shit, I gotta do something heart centered. So I pick one of these uncomfortable truths that I wrote down and I say, and I say, look, I have an uncomfortable truth. Can I say it? Yeah, I guess, go ahead. Fucking LA attitude, giving me shit. I already feel so small. But I'm keeping going. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like the people people who have who care less in a relationship. I basically revert to a, a TikTok video that I know did well that is an uncomfortable truth. People who have who care less in a relationship have more power in the relationship. Right? And I say that and I'm like, I think I'm learning this. And what I'm finding is I'm using indifference as a weapon to play some sort of game and to establish some sort of power. Now, what I've noticed was everyone else's sets weren't personal. People weren't using I. They weren't self-reflecting. They were saying people, and you know, you. You know how people. They were straw manning. And people like that (laughs) i i don't i like when people are are speak from the eye speak from the personal experience i guess there was one guy and he actually okay he actually followed me back he was one of two people out of hundreds that actually gave me a follow he was a brown belt in jujitsu too and he used an eye he said that he called his ex-girlfriend he broke the no contact rule which is, which is a nice one, I guess. But any, anyway, I said, I feel like I use indifference sometimes as a weapon. People took the, you know, based on my bombing before, and now that I'm degrading myself, saying something I'm doing wrong, now starts the pile on. Pile on. The moderator, who's a comedian, A professional comedian who I thought, you know, would at least understand that I'm trying to make a joke. I'm trying. Out here trying. She's had to have bombed in four or five years of comedy. She has to have. Has to have. So the intolerance for any bombing was just... So I say that I say, yeah. Uh, sometimes I use indifference as a weapon, and um, which I don't really mean because I'm, I'm actually quite sensitive. And so, and the mother says, "Well, how's that going for you?" And now I'm ba- I'm in the heart space. Now I'm not backpedaling. I have the floor. If they want to mute me, fine. I say, well. It actually is effective at maintaining a certain level of physical attraction in the relationship. But it feels disingenuous. And I don't feel like I'm really expressing the love I'm capable of. And they say, and then they say, so you're playing games. And yo, It was was a tough comeback. It would have been a fucking Rocky Marcella, oh damn it, Rocky Balboa. It would have been a Rocky Balboa comeback of a century. And I didn't have the floor, I didn't have the clout, and they didn't have the time for me. So I said, look, before going any farther and speaking any worse about myself, I'd like to acknowledge how far I've come in this. And I don't think it's as bad as you guys are making it out. A little backpedaling. But what am I going to do? Sit up there and just keep talking shit about myself after I'd already bombed? No. No. So, while I'm saying this, the guy before me Sets the mom that he supposedly hooked up with of his best friend at his, as his profile picture, and someone goes, "Look!" So, no, they didn't say. They're like, "Look!" Fucking Gary posted, you know, Gary posted the mom he got with. Everybody, look, and and people are like, and of course, he posted a beautiful picture of this woman. There's no fact checking. This could be anyone of his Facebook friends. She had a wedding ring on and a Marine's shirt. And people were like, damn, she's fine. She's so fine. Wait, is that a wedding band? And he's like, yeah, she got married after we were together. Okay. To a Marine? Hmm. And you're an aspiring hip-hop artist who's young maybe you know what maybe best to him and his and his ventures and i hope his friend forgives him maybe you know maybe they don't maybe he needs to learn that lesson and be friendless sleeping with someone's mom that's got to be a whole thing i wonder if there's coming back from that That would be that would be a tough one. That would be a harder comeback than me trying to come back to the group as funny. Cuz I it was just it was just such a bomb. Three people did I think two no, three there was three, but one person followed me before I bombed. I wonder if they're still there. But two people did you know, did follow me. So that's what I'm holding on to <laughs> cuz I woke up I I went to bed Feeling the bomb, I woke up thinking about the bomb. I got four hours of sleep, which is rare. I usually can go, if I'm going to bed late, I I can usually sleep a little late, especially if I don't have, you know, phone calls or meetings first thing in the morning. Just a good old-fashioned bomb. So I'm going to try to redirect it, you know, into something productive. And I got back on the horse. And I kind of made a commitment that I'm going to lead. I think what I got to do is is just lead with heart forward content and conversation. I think that's what I owe to myself. And that's what the world seems to be responding to is genuine heartfelt content. And I feel like when I'm trying to be funny, I just might have to admit that I'm not so funny. Funny can happen. I'm open to it. I'm open to remaining witty and to pulling perspective in a a unique and interesting and funny way. I do love laughter and I do love studying comedy. But I think I got to just stick to some heart forward communication for a while. I can't be trying to set up bits on the spot. Maybe I can. Maybe this is how you get better at comedy. Setting up bits on the spot and then overcommitting without feeling into the room, the quote unquote room. Things got serious in a way. In a way though. I, I felt like people took themselves really serious in this place. I feel like because everyone kinda had something going on, like every resume that I looked through legitimately was impressive. Like legitimately. Uh, Well, most of them, I legitima- like legitimately, because I looked up, I looked into them if they were interesting. Like, you really want an Emmy? It's like, yeah, they did. Some were like award-winning choreographer. And it's like, well, you're not being specific with the award. That can mean a lot of things. And then it's like, dance with Jennifer Lopez on tour. And Justin Bieber. And Busta Rhymes. It's like... A- fuck, where am I? Just so low on the totem pole, especially in that new space. I had the first day, so I had zero, I had one follower going into this group, speaking my mind. And uh, they they weren't having it. They weren't having me. Should have led with the heart. Should have led with something genuine. Instead of building a bit, I, uh, I should have just been paying attention to people and then speaking authentically as as my turn came around. Some other uncomfortable truths I had on deck was that very thing. was as Uncomfortable truth is as soon as I got pulled up to the stage, I no longer was listening to anything anyone said. I was just focusing on what I was going to say next. That would have bombed. These people didn't want too much awareness they wanted something peppery and, and light and and but like spicy. You know, they wanted like stepmom porn and I gave them philosophical self-reflection. I didn't read the room right. And I I paid the price. <laughs> Not really. Nothing happened. Nothing was recorded to my knowledge. And uh, I'm okay. I'm still here. And today, like I said, I got back up. I joined a group called Gratitude. And I raised my hand. I got pulled up on the stage. And what What were you grateful for? And I still felt like rushed. Like I had like a 1 1002. And then the person was like, eh, eh, oh. I like, wait, wait. I still, sometimes I like to take just a moment of pause in what I say. Sometimes I like to build a little bit of rhythm in my language. So allow me to. I got back on the horse. I shared something authentico, you know, a reason why I'm grateful for 2020. Things I've shared on this podcast, a whole mess of times. And it felt better. It felt a little bit better. And even though it was a much smaller group, there were three people that resonated and, and they messaged me, followed me, messaged me, which was nice. And another uh, uncomfortable truth that I had was my cannabis addiction and coffee addiction don't inspire creativity. They don't make me more productive. They are shielding me from feeling my true emotions and being my authentic self. And again, I don't think that one would have popped either. I think that one might have had the best chance because it was not so, you know, addiction. It was edgy with addiction. It was, you know, a little hip with, you know, cannabis and coffee. A lot of people can relate to that. But I think all in all, I don't know. I'll keep going. We'll see what comes out of it. So today, in an hour, I'm going live on the app with someone who wants to talk to me about building TikTok audiences and we're doing a public conversation. I'm, this the first time I'm meeting this person, they have some clout on the app and they're pulling people into this public conversation. And I, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to lead with the heart. That's what I'm going to do. Definitely not going to prepare any bits. I'm going to let bits arise like hiccups, like beautiful, beautiful hiccups, like gusts of wind and, uh, the of the seagulls. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. Round two. Last thing I I want to talk about on on today's episode is is fasting. I'm two and a half days in to a four-day fast, only consuming water. And as you can see, I'm drinking some mate tea. So a little bit of mate, this is a lot of bit of mate, but mate and water, day two and a half, and I, I really indulged New Year's Eve, I really indulged Christmas, pretty much from Thanksgiving to, to New Year's Eve, I was just eating, enjoying, being thankful for the foods, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those, anyways, so I was, so I've just been really eating, really enjoying. I even did some drinking on New Year's Eve, uh, champagne, kind of like, kind of fell in love with champagne and this is a good, it is good, but it kind of left me when everyone left and the dust had settled. And I just had a brain full of processed sugar from cookies and and champagne. I was feeling pretty low, unmotivated, a little stuttery, not so sharp. And it was inspired. I'm like, start this new year with a nice three-day fast. Cleanse out, you know, reset the immune system. I've been through a lot. Clear out 2020, you know, just clear it out. Just kind of start with a fresh, fresh bod. So even the night before, I, I turn on a fasting documentary to give me some motivation. And I even invited my brother and my dad to join and they join and they're joining with me. So we ha- I have like a little peer group to uh, for support. And I chose four days instead, because in the documentary I watched, they talked about how the true effects like uh, the true like reset of the immune system typically happens after three days. So and I'm, I've been liking the number four lately. I'm like, I'm gonna give each day of fasting to an element, which I haven't really been doing consciously. but I set that intention to give each day to a particular element and um, you know, just interweave a little bit of meaning into the four, the significance of four. Because I think when I interweave meaning into things, it just makes them a little stronger. Like I empower, I've been trying to empower the fast, not just a physical level of resetting my immune system and flushing things out, but also empowering the fast with prayer, you know, setting my intentions clear for 2021 or just rehashing the ones that I made um, a week or two ago, maybe tweaking them calling in certain abundances and, you know, through sacrifice and through the clarity that comes with fasting, which I haven't experienced yet because I only have had a, a smaller than normal amount of sleep last night and a kind of jujitsu brain right now. I haven't felt that crystal clarity yet. And an interesting finding I'm having in this current fast is my stamina, my physical stamina. And I don't know if it's just because I'm two and a half days in and I haven't crossed the threshold where I've burned off most of my fat, but I do push-ups. I do a hundred push-ups every other day, a hundred push-ups and a hundred pulls, either pull-ups or I have rings and I do some rows. And that's just like, that's not my full workout, but that's like just a little morning strength routine I do every other morning. And for whatever reason I've been, it could be mental, I'm sure it's partially physical. Push-ups have been like very difficult for me. I almost don't want to say this because I don't want to perpetuate the story, but it's true. Push-ups have been difficult for me. And I don't know why, but right around 30, my mind goes, and we're done. It does feel like a mind thing, but it also doesn't. I can push myself since like squats and like even pull-ups, but something about that push. It's been difficult for me and I kind of set myself up believing that as as a young person. So maybe it's carrying over into adulthood and I'm trying to reverse that. So most of the time I'm doing 20 or 30 sets of 20 or sets of 30 at a time. And I'll do nice pushups, you know, to vary my grip, close hands, far hands, staggered hands, um, you know, powerful where I'm popping up off the ground. I'll do slower ones where I'm moving side to side, kind of loading one arm at a time. So kind of these variations of push-ups. And since starting the fast, I've been hitting that 50 mark on my push-ups. I've been hitting that 40 mark on my push-ups in a row clean. Strange. Yeah, I feel like I, I would be t- more tired. My pull-ups have been the same. I don't know if it's because l- I'm lighter or, you know, I can't be that much lighter, but I'm pulling 15 pull-ups at a time. I usually, I created that mental block up at like eight or 10 that I've just been training forever. I've been doing eight or 10 pull-ups f- forever. I never have been climbing the ladder up towards that 20 mark. And it is a lot mental. I don't know what it is, but it's like as soon as I hit 10, if I've committed to 10, like all of a sudden everything starts burning in my back. Whereas if I just don't commit to a number, I can probably pull 20. Whatever. I could probably pull more. Doesn't matter the number. But there's something about like setting the intention of how many I'm going to do and then like failing at that number instead of just kind of allowing – myself to go and failing when I really need to. Or when it's true when it's a true failure. So my stamina has been somehow increased during this fast. And it'll be interesting to see what day, you know, four looks like, in terms of being able to physically perform because I am maintaining, you know, lifting and a little bit of walking and jujitsu. During this time, so it'll be interesting to see what that does and fasting in general man like part of one of the intentions that I want to leave the fast with is I'd like to eat until about seven pm every day and then I, and then after seven pm I'd like to stop I've trained myself I've conditioned myself to be like a nighttime eater Based on nurture, yeah, it feels like habitual. It doesn't feel like nature kind of gave that to me. My circadian rhythm, circadian rhythms are roughly the same, right? Shouldn't we all kind of be synced up with the sun? The sun is a relative constant for all of us. I mean, there's clouds here and there, but like the rotation of the earth is a constant for us. So our circadian rhythms should be synced relative to the sun and the rotation of the earth. Roughly, right? I mean, there's probably variation, but my point is, I think I'm trying to align more with that circadian rhythm. Sleeping when it's dark, eating, you know, one or two meals in a smaller window. I'm thinking of eating from like two to seven and just moving forward with that regimen. That's kind of like one of my intentions for this fast. It's one of the things I'm praying, you know, about it's a habit change. And I think these this fat fasting is a nice place to create habit changes, because you're already in, impl- you're imposing discipline, I'm impl- imposing discipline on myself. So to program further disciplines should, you know, it seems like the momentum would kind of spiral upwards, and it'll be a little bit more possible. So I'm in the fast and I'm going strong. Hey, Great spit, we're going strong. Singing medicine all night long. Ugh. So I'll keep you guys updated on the fast. Keep you updated on my bomb. If you're, anyone's interested in this Clubhouse app, I'm interested in your take on it. I'm going to keep playing with it a little bit. What is that? It kind of, it like hurt me, but that makes me want to like redeem myself. It's like, it maybe because it didn't create indifference. Now I like, now I'm engaged. Maybe if I just had a smooth run and it was kind of easy, now that would be nice. It'd have been nice to have some momentum. Starting on the app. But we'll fight another day. And the app does seem to be growing. I mean, there's people with like 100,000, 200,000 followers on the app itself. And it's just a funny place. Like people talking. I, I entered this one chat room and every other word was like six syllables. I'm like, people are really trying to sound smart. And it's not working for me. It doesn't work for me. When people's trying to sound so smart, <laughs> it's just, it does the opposite. Not that it makes them sound dumb, it's just the level of comprehension. It's like smart to me is being able to articulate a point clearly so that it can be understood. I forget, it's probably not Einstein. But you truly understand something when you're able to explain it to a child. And to in order to explain it to a child, using seven-syllable words is probably counterproductive. And And I find myself kind of resisting anyone who's using, who's getting wordy. Coming from a guy who's speaking, that's a lot. But I I try to use very concise words and trim the fat as much as possible. I had a a podcast about storytelling and trimming the fat and how the old man in the sea was originally a thousand pages and it was cut down to 150 or whatever. And how important it is to trim the fat. But as I released that podcast, something came up to me that was like a perfect counterpoint. It's like if you trim the fat too much of a steak, you start to lose the flavor. So when speaking, I don't cut all the fat away from my, my words that would make me robotic, overly concise. It would make me lose soul. It would make me lose the flavor. So I keep a little fat in there. Keep a little fat in there. Add a little. It's a, it's good flavor. It's good to kind of show yourself and, sh- and show your soul. Mm. Bueno. Thank you so much for being here. Oof. To another day. To another day. Be sure to like subscribe leave a review on spotify or apple if you can that helps that helps a lot you can check us out on instagram at goodwin podcast or you can check out my personal page at nico underscore lapelousa of course i'm on tiktok at nico underscore is nico is and give us a follow on any of those things to be updated with podcasts and uh shout out to there's been two people that have made artwork for the podcast that is so so cool. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I've shared it on my Instagram. I shared it on the Goodwin Podcast's Instagram. And that's just that just is exactly the kind of shit I'm into. And I'm hoping people are encouraged to you know, create art for the show about the show. Go ahead and do that if you want to. I like that a lot, and I and I love supporting artists. So I will ha- be happy to compensate you. I'll be happy to shout you out. Whatever it is, that that will make you feel validated for doing so. I would be happy to contribute to that, to make it a reciprocal exchange. Best I can. So thank you so much for being here. This has been the Goodwind.